There's trouble brewing out in front of the saloon. Hey, they're gonna fight me, Jill. Look at them. They're about to draw. I fired point blank. Watch this. Welcome to Crap... Jesus Christ, scream at me. Sorry, I, I was just thinking, uh, technically this is still Crappy Anime Showdown, but for the first time in our show's history, we're about to talk positively about an anime, aren't we, guys? Yes. That's um, right. Um, okay, hold on. <clears throat> um, welcome to Positive Anime... It's not even a showdown, because it's just one... I don't know. Guys, Positive I got nothing Anime for this. Podcast. Podcast. Pap. We're, <laughs> we're going to be going to smear your way into this. Welcome, welcome to Pap. Yeah, Pap. Pap. <laughs> welcome to Pap. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's it. Positive anime podcast. Uh, where we only talk good things about good animes that we like, and we reference nothing else that's cynical or negative or disrespectful. It's all positive vibes here. That's right. We love one love watching the Blowfish. It. In Japanese with subtitles, too. Mm-hmm. We love fan service. Absolutely. Etchy. Harem. And talking in the middle of fight scenes. Baka hair. Baka we tooth. Love, we love best girls and best girls and best Exposition. Girls and... Waifus. We love it all here on Positive Anime Podcast. I'm just here on for tennis. On The Blowfish. I was told there would be more tennis. Like, the opening scene had tennis, and I sort of just like... A, and the closing scene did, too, so... I, I just want more tennis. It's poetry. Anyway, uh, we didn't announce an anime. The anime we've decided to talk about today that all three of us have agreed is uh, what an anime should be, um, or at least a good example of, of an anime, and how writing can be really well done and creative and interesting and uh, not have to rely on garbage, I guess. Um, and that is Neo Yokio. Uh, written by the lead singer of Vampire Weekend. I forget his name already. Um, but he's the guy that wrote it. Um, starring uh, Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son, as the main character, Kaz Khan. Uh, and going about his antics in a place called New Yokio. The, the setting is the name of the, the show. It's literally basically like uh, New York, but if you made it even more bougie. Um, I guess well, is the whole purpose. Well, of they just were exactly moved. as bougie because all the poor mm. people got flooded out. Yeah, I was about to say that. Like it's it's <laughs> well, still no, the same level. They didn't level get flooded out. They got walled in. They got walled in. Well, I feel like it's, 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 walled city. it's in the walled First city, one, buddy. Then the other. <laughs> anyway, so um, this is just a fantastic anime, and we're gonna tell you. Talk about it. We just thought it'd be fun to take a break from taking a dump on anime, although that's super fun and we can't wait to get back to it. And uh, just show you guys that we don't just hate, you know, all of anime. We just hate when anime is done badly, which just and happens to be to 90% of the time. Oh, wait, we can't say spotlight. To show and and No, can't say <laughs> it's, it. It's a joke. <laughs> but it's too true. Too much of a similarity to the other famous YouTube uh, <laughs> channel of which we have more or less completely stolen the idea for. Well, no, I don't think. I don't think nah, so. Nah, don't call attention to it. We don't need yeah. anyone. To <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I won't call attention to it, Jay. Got it. So we don't say spotlight because then we'd have to call it a spotlight blank, 
And then uh, we that can't would that. be an exact segment on that other <laughs> show. Can't say right. it. Can't say it. So today we're going to talk about a show we really, really like that mm-hmm. other people don't like yeah. because they have shitty taste. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. For anyone who doesn't like it, I, I don't see why. But we'll tell you why we like it and what makes it really good. And you can form your own opinion. The fact that's what that someone can make a hour-long video trying to pump some kind of fucking thought and reason and you know story into re-zero, but this gets glossed over. No, th- that's you know what a was crime worst? right there. No, this this is worse. It didn't get glossed over when it came out. When this thing came out, people noticed it and went, "Oh my god, it's so bad! It's so memey and so cringe! Look at all the memes I made out of it!" And then they ignored it because they all just literally thought it was bad. Like, literally. I mean, I'm not actually referring to people I know in this case. Like, I'm saying that when I went online, like, that's all I could find was just people memeing the, like, the Toblerone. And I was like, really feel like you're kind of missing the forest for the trees here, buddy. Like They're, they just latched onto the first thing they recognized as a as a low brow, extremely easily to access joke. Yeah, and then that was the only thing their tiny brains could comprehend. Now, let, let uh, alone the fact that we have a flying skull uh, that is an art piece referred to as its official title. For the love of God, <laughs> uh, flying around a room and then telling someone that they can see them because they're wearing a, a midnight blue tux. No, it was, it was a black background. tux against the midnight oh, yeah. blue bl- uh, background. Yeah, yeah. I can like, still see you, how, bitch. How, I can still see you. That shit's funny as hell, and you have to have a fucking tumor in your frontal lobe to not get that. It's so good. Like I, I don't know. It. I. I love it is, this show genuinely incredible. I agree with everything you guys have said so far. Um, however, with if for the sake of uh, before we dive into the plot about it, although most of you might know, but we'll, we'll give you just I a don't brief think I don't think they do. That's the thing. No, I bet they don't. Yeah. Most people No, no, I'm not no, no, I'm not this. saying they don't understand the subcontext. I just oh, no, mean no, no, I'm saying the context. Yeah, I I really most people okay. don't. They don't All know right. the plot. Hmm. They don't know the subtext. They don't know the jokes. All they know is uh, English voice actors and Toblerone. That's probably they, all they, they know. know. Yeah, well, they know Jude Smith, Law was in it. <laughs> yeah, they know Jude Law was a robot. And they're like, well, how did that happen? To be, to be perfectly honest, I doubt they necessarily recognize Jude Law right off the bat. No, that was the a first thing they recognized. James I, okay, whatever. But, like, everybody in this show is famous. Everybody. Oh, really? Yeah. Do yeah, you guys know that hmm. I just found out that in the Christmas episode, Jamie Foxx voiced, I believe it was one of the Bachelors. Yeah. Just oh my as, like, God. Just as a fun what? Thing. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, everybody as... in this is famous. Oh, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> I had no idea. Sometimes for absolutely no reason, and that's kind of what makes it so fun. Yeah, I love that. All right, we should hop into it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's let's do let's synopsis time. Okay. Uh, Somebody who you... gives a shit about that kind of thing, talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you a brief rundown, and then uh, Ethan, you can chime in when you want, yeah. since you care about yeah. synopsis. Yeah, I, I like uh, history. Basically, uh, the world is set up where Jaden Smith plays a magistrate, which is a, um, a I'm line. Sorry, of what de- did you just say? He's not you a magistrate. Said magistocrat. Yeah, oh, magistocrat. Good lord, I'm sorry. That, every time I hear that word, I get it confused. That's my bad. Magistocrat. Right, but there is the magistrate, there right? Is. Yeah. No. That was him no, at the end. That was that, Steve Boucher. Steve Boucher is, is not called the magistrate. Yeah. I thought he what was called he called? like the fucking 
the, the constitutional authority of downtown no, fuck you. Know. Like, yeah, he has some really cool I, name. I'll figure it out. I'm on it. I forget what it was. Yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. It was just one word, okay? And it's not the arbiter, even though I keep No, it, whatever it was, it was, was like the arbitrator or something? Oh, that, that sounds yeah, good. Something like I, I'll that. look it up. Keep going. Keep going. All right. Anyway, so Kazkan plays a majesticrat, which is basically a lineage of demon hunters. Apparently, uh, Neo Yokio has been plagued by demons. Uh, Neo Yokio, the place where we are, is just basically New York, um, but uh, not even the personification of New York. You're right, Jay. It's, it's honestly just New York, uh, but I minus all of the poor people. It took all of them out, and it's just about rich people. And if rich people were everywhere and were everything, yeah, like well, to the point, to the no, point that they have a, a a bachelor board. No, it's just downtown New York City. Like, okay, the, yeah, that's the fair. Queens is the walled city. <laughs> oh no! Oh and no! Then, you know, like so, like there's there's still all the normal parts of New York. They just they just dial everything up so that the okay. I think yeah. the the traditional. I don't know New York all that well, but like the normal. The super super famous part of New York City that has like Madison Square Garden, I think, and you know the Times Square, yeah. that shit is all uh, still there, and it's the richest richest part of the town, and that's where okay. all the rich people live. Then there's still the older but still rich people part of the town where all the old money lives, and they're all underwater. Yeah, right. Uh, then there's the walled city where all the poor people live, which I assume uh-huh. is like Queens or the Battery or something. Yeah, I have to assume something like that. People actually, people who actually work in the city—that's where they live. Correct. And they yeah. live in, in shit and, and squalor. It, it's literally. How do you just? They eat rats. <laughs> literally. Eat oh, rats. I know, but I'm just trying to just trying to paint a picture. I mean, just imagine like a, like a four mile by four mile. I mean, it, it looks. You know what? It just looks like any other. You know, third world country, like just jam packed full of people, lots of poor people in one area hey, where hey, they just kind of. Hey, we're we're them Americans. All, I guess. We call those shitholes. Okay. Yeah. We also we also call them uptown. Oh, no. <laughs> you wanna know uh, what the third world country looks like? Just drive a couple blocks that way. I got a I got the name by but, the way. Uh, Steve Buscemi plays the Remembrancer. The Remembrancer. The Remembrancer. So good. good lord, See, that's a that's dumb a name. That's a great fucking it. name. <laughs> also, the headmaster in the school, like halfway through. Do you guys know who that was? Yeah, he was played by Stephen Fry. Yeah, I forgot all about it. <laughs> yeah, it's Everybody's insane. famous. It's insane. And just for the fun of it, it seems. Yeah. And that's yeah. what makes it that's well, what you, makes it so good though. Yeah, you need your shit to be bougie, just like the show. Somebody possess my field. But anyway, ball. you basically you, you basically just follow the life of uh Kazkan as he tries to uh, handle his duties as a majesticrat, while also being the number one and or number two, depending on the episode, sometimes lower, but basically a bachelor in Neo Yokio. Uh, there's a giant board that's basically where Times Square is that has the top ten, I think it's top ten? Top ten. I don't think there's any top more. Ten. Yeah, top ten bachelors in Neo Yokio, and that's a big intertwining theme, and you meet uh, his arch nemesis, Archangelo, uh, Castillo, I think, uh, you have his aunt, Aunt Agatha, who it's, is it's basically... Ar- yeah, Archangel Corelli. Oh, Corelli, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Kaz Khan's aunt, Agatha Khan, who basically runs the business, but really all that means is she makes Kaz go out and do the work, and she gets all the money, and they live in a nice place because of it. Uh, you have Jude Law, who plays Kaz Khan's mecha butler. Uh, <laughs> they, they travel together. He rides on his back. Um, and then you have his oh, his two friends. I can't remember their names. And I just I just watched the Christmas special, too. Oh, I don't even think he oh, said Oh, Lexi him. and Gottlieb. Um, 
Oh, Lexi and Gottlieb. Thank you. Yeah, now I remember them. Uh, Lexi and Gottlieb. And, uh, and then just a bunch of recurring characters that are famous. And, I mean, that's it. Like, it, it's just the life of him trying to uh, trying to do his job while also maintain his status. But you, you slowly see him kind of learn more and more about Neo Yokio as it goes. And that's kind of what makes it good. Is it's not it's not set up to be some sort of shonen flick where oh the fight scenes are so cool. In fact, not they're more funny than cool, but yeah. because they're meant to be funny, they're not just funny because they're bad. Nobody it's meant to be a lot of comedy. Fucking laser fights, man. Exactly, and that was the point. They they sort of had laser beams in them, but it seemed more of a spoof on other other yeah, animes. Yeah, it's than so not else. important. It's like well, yeah. so uh, unimportant. All of the anime anim el- oh my god, all of the anime elements of this anime are only there to make fun of anime elements. Yeah, I agree. So yeah. Kazkan is is the the number one most eligible bachelor, and you know that because right on top of Times Square, where normally they have that giant, um, I guess just LCD screen showing ads. Yeah, uh, it is the eligible bachelor list of Neo Neo Yokio because every shonen <laughs> also said has to have a list where. Teenage children fight for the number one yeah. spot. Yeah. Why? What does it mean? <laughs> who, who judges it? What? Nothing. None yeah, of that means anything. In the entire Just society, like an anime. In the entire yeah, society, anime. is aware. Like every time yeah. he walks in, he goes, "Oh my god, we have the second most eligible bachelor in all of Neo Yokio," and it's well, like a fifty-year-old man t- like talking to him. Like it's just technically great. speaking, the only person who actually seems to give that much of a shit about the eligible board is the sales clerk. Yeah, well, true. They well, no, because I mean, Kaz Hel- does and Archangelo do no, in I the know, beginning, like, in the first. Yeah, as far as outside society, no, no like Helena's dad, literally, she, like he walks oh, through yeah, the door and is like, "In my home, Neo Yokio's second most eligible bachelor," and you're like, oh, "And Helena, what is happening?" And Helena mentions it, but yeah, it's not. It's it, it's funny that it's a huge part of their what seems to be the life of the rich. Yeah, but at the same time, you're right. Only a few characters ever like really bring it up to you know yeah. as part of the plot like some people almost use it as a, as a title for cause you know like this would be general cause condo it's oh hello second second most eligible bachelor cause con i didn't see you there mm-hmm. yeah. it, it it's a perfect analog to anime because in shonen anime there's always that i want to be the number one hero i want to be the number one ninja i want to be the number one soul reaper and it's like what does that mean it means i'm the best how do you get to be the best eh. Don't yeah. don't think about it. Don't worry about it. How does anybody Watch this know? Watch and don't. Yeah. Uh, how do like how do you become king of the pirates? Well, you grab the One Piece treasure. What's that? I don't, I don't know. know. Doesn't matter. Don't, I don't know. Don't ask that question. Shut but up. it's there. Don't but worry. It's a You'll thing, find. And everyone, the second you touch it, despite the fact that nobody knows where it is, is magically going to know that you have it. Well, yeah. And then they're all going to say you're king. Watch. No one's going to question you. No one's going to doubt you. No one's going to be like, nah, maybe I don't really care so much. None of that. None of that. When you're number one, you're number one. Everybody magically knows it. Everybody magically cares. Everybody magically agrees. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's stupid okay, but anime bullshit, to be, and it's wonderful. To be fair, I know you brought up, as much as I hate Naruto, technically Naruto had the least loftiest goal because he just wanted to become a Hokage, and then yeah. he did, and that was he it. He just wanted to be fucking he's, mayor. Like, yeah, he was like, God. I want to be the fifth mayor. Okay, you are. Nailed it. I'm retiring. Game over, boys. <laughs> I, look, I did what I I, I had a plan. Yeah, I, I did it. You did more effective than most anime characters. It's <laughs> incredible. So um, sure, he amazing. had to become god just to become mayor, and <laughs> yeah. theoretically, he well, could. Right, 
Got to take different steps in different worlds, yeah. Jay. You know? If if his goal was to be Hokage, I'm just saying that he probably could have started <laughs> handing out pamphlets instead. <laughs> I know they're not elected, or are they? I don't know. I actually don't know. I assume. At least when Luffy wants to get the One Piece, he's got to go to the fucking Mars to get it. I know he's got to go to Raft Tail uh, because uh, ask, one guy's already tech. Right? In canon, there's a guy on a moon with a bunch of cyborgs. You don't even know that, me? but that's no, that's real. <laughs> remember that? Oh, uh, you wouldn't remember. Man, I can't believe you're being forced it. to watch that. I'm so glad that I'm not involved <laughs> I, in that. I don't watch it anymore. Oh, yeah, no, oh, he stopped, no. and it made me very sad. All right, well, listeners, well, take note of the on the Wikipedia the canon when we found out he doesn't watch anymore. It's just so <laughs> fucking bad. I don't understand. <laughs> all right, all right, no, 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 no. We're supposed to talk about good things. We're supposed to talk about good things, uh, guys. Yeah, positive, positive anime podcast. Positive anime podcast. Gotta stick to. Well, it. Where'd you leave off in the the fucking synopsis? I can't even remember now. Uh, I, I mean, I basically said the general it. I mean, premise. It. I mean, yeah, basically just the general premise. The rest of it, the what makes it good is in the general premise it's everything right that, right that whoever made it that like the jokes and the characters themselves that really matter in the show like the general premise is fine it, it serves its purpose but what makes the show great is everything that that you know adds up to that general premise is what i think at least well also the general premise really doesn't have anything it, there are two purposes to this anime one make fun of anime tropes by kind of mixing around their contexts and just presenting them as almost uh, the, the American version of yeah. anime tropes. I'm so glad you said this. The, the first and, time and, you yeah. told me that, I was like, that is 100% what's happening. Because when you when you take Japanese anime tropes and you take them away from their cultural context, you really accurately show just how completely nonsensical and uh, I don't even know well, what here, to call like, it. Like, just it's it's the just fact confusing that there, most of the time. The fact that there's a fucking power system for children in effectively a non-magical world like, or not power yeah, system, exactly. like a rank system. It's just so weird. And like, it, it when comes you put out of it, nowhere, and it serves the, it doesn't serve the story really in any capacity. No. And and the story and the show makes fun of that by yeah. having random people randomly, like exposit the fact that he's the number two bachelor, and then Cause will be like, oh yeah, I guess I am. It, like he doesn't he doesn't do anything to maintain it. He doesn't really care most of the time. Yeah. And it's funny and too neither because do any of the other people on the list. Well, the way they handle it too, it's like if you made an anime with all the traditional like Japanese trappings and everything and you made a trope about American kids having a power system, you could make that sound just like a normal anime and I probably wouldn't think anything about it cuz I'm so like, you know, ruined by anime at this point. But like when they do it in this, it just feels like an a western animated, you know, show, probably almost for kids. So when this happens, you're like, why is it here? What does it mean? And because they take it out of the context of being explicitly like an Eastern anime, it just feels very, very strange. Like, it, it's yeah. it's very odd. And uh, it's obviously hilarious because of that. It's on purpose. Yeah, it's super funny. Uh, then mm-hmm. there's the other tropes of Kaz is a magic person. And yes. that makes him very, very special. Except that Kaz doesn't give a shit that he's special. If anything, no. he hates the fact that he has magic because it means he has to work. Yeah. And yeah. there's nothing more depressing in this world to Kaz Khan than having to work for his money. It makes him feel like a peasant, which is hilarious because when you, especially when you contrast it with the fact that they have that leaderboard and uh, normally in, a, in a, like a shonen anime, everyone's like constantly trying to make sure they get the number one spot. 
Whereas in this case, it's almost the exact opposite. It, the only way for Kaz Khan to be the number one most eligible bachelor is to be even more lazy, even more frivolous, even more jaded. Because yeah. if he was working hard, he wouldn't be an eligible bachelor because he'd be seen as a peasant who was working hard. Like, ew, gross, he works. And so every time Aunt Agatha calls and says, hey, you gotta, you got to exercise this demon, he's like, oh my god, do I have to? I have a field hockey match. I want to go to the Caprese store and sit in one of the only two spots and drink a Caprese martini, which is one of the most disgusting things I've ever imagined in my and, life. And real, as it turns out. Oh my god. I um, This is probably a good time to bring up the fact that like they are neo-riche, as in they're just new money. And, well, that's that's how they are portrayed, and that's how other people... That's how they'll talk about themselves, but nobody else even really seems to care about that designation. I mean, like, Archangelo, Archangelo does. Archangelo does, sure. But, like, what does what does fucking Gaibo and Yitzi do? The hell oh, you called? mean the Italian guy? Got no Gottlieb. Oh, oh, them? Yeah. No, so, like, they care, too, because they're... Yitzi so, like, and Gobo... They're like, they work for their money, and nobody's like, ew, peasants. Well, yeah, but, but they don't like, have they to don't work, work for their money. For them. Right, because but, like, nobody looks at them working and is like, ew, disgusting. Well, they kind of do. So, like, there's the West Side Gentleman, which is, like, what our MCs are a part of, and the East Side Gentleman, and it's very clearly set up that, like, the East Side Gentlemen are old money, and they do not have to work at all. Whereas the West Side Gentlemen are effectively the merchant class coming up against the royalty, and the merchant class will never be true royalty. Do they have to work for the money? Eh, probably not, but maybe they do because they don't have as much as the East Side gentlemen would, the royalty. Yeah, it looks like they've got enough money to the point where they don't actually need to work for their money. They seem to like working for their money. Yeah. yeah. At which least is, yeah. to some extent. Which is which accurate is what's to the real world. To be. Sure, well, yeah, it, that's, a, that's a thing that maybe still kind of exists, not maybe so much anymore, but was like a thing definitely in the 20s and 30s. When of, you the mean concept like, of capitalists getting to the highest echelons of richness were, was a new thing. Oh, oh, yeah, but N- I, nowadays I think if anything, the new money people are richer than the old money. Okay, so I do agree with that, but I was just more making a point of new money type people feel like they have to work constantly yeah. to maintain what they have, and, and they set up that social structure, but they again don't do anything with it because it's not there to be an actual backdrop for any sort of dramatic tension. It's there as a fucking joke, so yeah. that when the West Side gentlemen stroll up, Archangelo always flips his hair, and all of his boys are wearing the most disgusting, like neon colored shorts. <laughs> it's so good. Ugh. No, 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 it's no. God, they look it's gross. the look. They've, it's the it's they've khaki it's shorts. shorts. And yeah, yeah, and a collared shirt and boat yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah. That's I, the, the, the very prep nasty. look. Ooh. I love Ugh. the East Side Gentlemen. Thank you very much. They are even, wonderful. Even when they go to like a black tie uh, ball, yeah. they're wearing the fucking shorts. <laughs> oh, they're incredible. It's, it's great. So something that we haven't specifically mentioned yet is the dialogue in this show is absolutely dyn- – like it's just wonderful. It's dynamite. Like – there, there is a line right at the beginning of the show where his uh, Lexi and Gottlieb show up and they're like, hey, you know, like, do you want to, like, go hit the field hockey tournament? Like, you, you said you were going to play this game. And he had just been broken up with his, uh, like, broken up. His girlfriend just his broke girlfriend, up with him yeah. three weeks ago. And how does how does the exact line go? It's something like uh, navigating the, like, space between lunch and dinner. Yeah, oh, is- oh, I know, I know. He says, I can barely navigate the hellish vortex between breakfast and dinner. Let alone, let alone the labyrinth of the field hockey field. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's so good. And like, this is one of the. It's like easily 
probably like what the 25th line maybe that happens in this whole show <laughs> yeah like, he has a brief conversation with charles his robot butler about a watch that he yeah, got from yeah. uh from his ex-girlfriend a 1990 yeah, yeah. Well, that, again, another one of the big, I guess you could call it themes or running motifs of the show is that the show ultimately is about a critique of upper class society yeah. as like these completely jaded and vapid assholes who have no purpose in life except to spend and make obscene amounts of money that they do not deserve. Yeah. So one of the ways they always encapsulate this is that anytime, and I mean anytime, something on screen is worth money somebody has to say its full name the year it was invented <laughs> like the cultural context it exists in why you should be wearing it and why you're the coolest person if you do yeah so i think specifically he takes off like a 1919 rolex like gold plated piece of thing and he just goes it's a beautiful watch and, and charles the robot butler just like goes over its entire fucking history yeah and then throws it off the fucking roof of a skyscraper and then like as it hits the it like, ground depressed below, it gets run over by like a one of those like wide motorcycles you see in akira and then like it cuts back to butler and he's like you know probably throwing a 1919 shouts off the entire name is you know like you could do it but it's a bit imprudent and you could hear the like anger coming off of the butler and you find out later that the butler isn't literally just a fucking mech that there's a actual woman inside of it piloting it and you guessed it it's just some working class woman that is like slaved off to the upper crust it's more importantly and what's extra hilarious is that the woman who pilots charles is also voiced by jude law yeah <laughs> way to go jude he is he such a such a range <laughs> he, he just he just like strains his voice to the furthest extent that it can go to make it super guttural but wispy and then he does the worst sounding like um cockney accent so like you know that she's poor but like it's it's fucking jude law trying to do an old lady voice and it doesn't work but it's fucking hilarious and there's a bunch of voices like that in the show where where somebody is doing a voice that they have no right to be doing yep it is. It is a. Oh God, Jude Law. Uh, way to go. That's He's all great. I can say He's to great. him. It's, it's. It's. Literally. It's. It's perfect because you're right. It's. <laughs> it's not a good impression of an old lady, but you get what he's trying to do, and it's gosh darn perfect. Yeah. Oh, and I it's love the polar scene. opposite of what he's doing normally. Because as the robot butler, he does his oh, he's most very, posh, very, possible. Yeah, yeah very, very smooth and posh. Yes, yes, cause very well. Okay, like just very, to. just very subtle. And then it goes to the the pilot that was inside of him, like after Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. It's basically what it <laughs> and that's about what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. So I said, "Lord, you don't know about me, Kazi." Yeah, it's, it's honestly pretty bad. Oh man, there's I one guess that had to be a hell of a lot of fun to do, but requiring a lot of water. <laughs> oh my god yeah and that's the thing you can't even that that's one of those ones that unless you're reasonably trained on how to use your voice and i'm not referring to myself here like you have to be pretty well trained to do that to your voice without just yeah. fucking putting nodes on it 
Like it's yeah. Like I, I mean, of course, it's a very small part. It's not like he was doing this, you know, fourteen-hour days or some shit. Actually, perfect example. Uh, now that we're gonna talk about musicals, you're welcome. Les Mis did that shit. There's what? A- Son of a gun. No, we didn't get. <laughs> what the hell? Waiting. What? Hey, <laughs> wait a minute. Who did this? Get, get this out of here. Nah, Who let this just, man in? As a quick aside, there's a part that, like, if you watch the Les Mis movie, the music, the, the artists in there purposely deprive themselves of water and then sing these extremely difficult parts and it sounds like shit and they were doing it on purpose so that way they'd like be able to sound like they were deprived of water the problem is it's like ridiculously dangerous to do that and then sing those parts for the 14 hour days they did anyway Incredible. it did not do well for their voices Jude Law maybe would have if been they in the had a couple of caprese martinis ah, could you imagine in a can Unfortunately, I don't think the mozzarella travels too well. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta tell the boys. God, that was nasty. The idea that there's a fucking mozzarella ball in that aluminum can, I almost Well, here, before we even get to the Caprese, there's one big thing in episode one that I feel like we kind of have to cover to, like, set the stage for any other plot points we talk about. Please, um, please, please. So there's a, uh, what's this woman's name? She's the the premier fashion blogger her name is helena 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 saint Saint that was it saint tessero you're right so um helena is like she again she's the premier fashion blogger and again just to like show off how ridiculous this world is a teen fashion blogger she's a teen fashion blogger and people random people know her and literally referred to as probably the best of her time like they, who, they talk about her like she's a, like a premier genius artist, but yeah. she writes a fashion blog. But it's it like people that are not connected to her at all. So like Aunt Agatha, as in Coscon's aunt, is like literally says probably one of the best of her time. And you're like, why would you like even know that? And like she might, cause she pays attention to the upper crust, I guess. But like, it, that's not. It's, like, so ludicrous, and it's purposely done because that's exactly how anime sounds when you put it into the American context. Like, it's yeah, just... Oh, it's sure. so fucking ludicrous that someone would ever define a person like that. And I love hearing it. But, yeah, yeah it's, no. It's oh, wait, what is that? Oh, what is... Oh, that brings me back to, um... Oh, God, Mr. Mister Love Queen's Choice. Do yeah. you remember when they did that, when they were talking about um that businessman? And they were like, <laughs> he's, like, a real, like... Something of a, I forget the phrase of it, but it sounded so ludicrous to talk about a man who runs a business like that, and this is the equivalent of that. I forget the oh, quote. Oh, I know what like, you're he, he was about. like he was like a famous. No, what was it? He was a legend in the business yeah, world. That's yeah, what it was. He's a legend, a legend. in the business world, yes. and it was like nobody talks no about people like that. And this is exactly how it sounds if you were to bring it to our side yeah. of the world. Yeah. And it still sounds ridiculous. Do people see it now? So if you if that's what you're kind of getting hung up on, that's all they're doing over there in anime. It's just they're doing it with Japanese references. So you're like, oh, that's really cool. No, it's not. This yeah. is it. And it this is so what they're familiar. doing. Like, this is what it sounds like. There's like a kind of assumption that because it's not your culture, I think a lot of people, there's a novelty effect where they're like, Oh wow! This person's talking in like an old timey Japanese voice. Isn't yeah. that so interesting? The way they phrase the words, it tells you things about the character. Yeah, yeah. Everybody does that with their speech. When when <laughs> when fucking Jude Law goes into the studio and he does his most posh British accent, you know what he's trying to do with his character based on his voice. Yeah. It's not fucking rocket science. People do this shit in SNL skits. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But like, I get, there's like that novelty effect. We're like, oh, it's a different culture. It's a language I don't understand. I mean, I, I fall wow. prey to that. Like, there, it's, it's difficult when, like, when you are not a part of a culture to know specific things about the culture. Like, I mean, there's just so many different things. No, 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 changes. yeah. But I'm talking so, about when you learn it, people will, will dial it up like it's some kind of amazing thing. Like, recently there was a big fucking disaster rage on the internet when uh, Netflix put out their own different uh, dub of uh, Evangelion. And, like, it wasn't, like, the best fucking dub ever made, for sure. But people sure. are freaking out, like, oh, my God, it's a complete... It's a, it ruins everything. It ruins oh, everything. Oh, I see. It's <laughs> like, or, or, or actually, I think, I think specifically they also changed, like, some of the subtitle translations. And it's like, the only reason you think that these tones and these words and this performance is so fucking integral is because you didn't fundamentally understand on the level the one that you had originally seen like you yeah. heard the guy do the Shinji scream you're like wow it's such a great performance it's like yeah it's a good scream but like you hear screams all the time it's only because this one is so necessarily different from the ones that you're used to hearing that it sounds so amazing yeah. When, when, so when Shinji in the American dub of Netflix just screams like a normal person, you're like, oh, that's not doesn't have the same impact on me. It's like, okay, it it probably doesn't have the same impact on someone who's used to hearing that kind of scream either. It's not. This is really not what's important here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. With Nobody that. I gives know, a shit. I didn't know that happened, but I agree with that. I think that you shouldn't. You should never, yeah, judge judge a dub based on that because that's not what it was about in the first place. You know, just because no. you're not just because you're not used to hearing it one way, and you're like, oh, this is different. It's unique. This is the way it was meant to be. Yeah, well, no, not really. And you it's just so clearly you don't hear that it all way the time. too. Because like the, the, that's basically yeah. the, what the critique really just comes down to. It's so, different, therefore it's worse. I, you know, I hadn't right. even thought about it from that angle. Like for me, the angle I was thinking of is, is stuff like the. Yeah, we've talked about like how anime does this like food worship thing for like specifically Japanese food, and that's yeah. something that like I can't prove that Japanese people don't worship their food like that. And I'm well, not. I, I think don't what know. What the difference is is that you have to remember that anime is targeted to a very specific audience who likely lives out of fucking vending machines. Right, right. So, but that's the point I'm getting at. Is like yeah. that's one of those examples of I don't know the culture. So it's hard for me to make like in a like, you know, just a, a declarative statement of saying, well, that's bullshit. But like, then you take those random tropes and move them into an American context, and it's hard for me to think at, that I was ever wrong about my assumption that Japanese people don't think of food like this because you put it into American context because they do it with food like here too, like eat your tiramisu. Like it's it's it. There's a there's like there's a few times in this show where they go into like extreme detail about the food they're fucking eating. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like I mean, it like, just sounds so food. ridiculous. Like it, I think the difference is, is that when Neo Yokio and like I understand you know the difference, but like the difference is that when Neo Yokio goes into fucking detail about its food, it's supposed to be showing the characters as these like bougie, out of touch. Yes. Like upper yes. crust people yeah, who it's give not, way it's not, too much of a shit. Yeah. It's not so about like, the people eating the food. It's about the food that they ordered and what it means right. to yeah. the scenario. They which is look at this status. squid ink pasta. Oh, it's so melancholy and so yada yada. It's supposed to play on that. It's not like, oh, yata, this is delicious. Because that it's never what it was about. It's just about that these bougie people are ordering ridiculous foods. Totally. Because that's what they would do. Well, that's, well, that's what's always so funny about it, too, is that when you watch those fucking scenes in anime, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I got. 
I got oh the the dongo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, and, and that's what I'm getting. Like, that shit doesn't taste that good, family. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it, it like it also serves basically no purpose in anime at all. Like it's, whereas it's, it's fucking least street food. Like I don't right. go to Philly and get a cheesesteak and go. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Now like, is, it's, is it's the cheesesteak good, good? But it's yes. not. But it's I don't not the scream best food it. I've ever eaten. You know for what? Even even the best food I've ever eaten. The most I've gone is. Oh man, this is really delicious. And then I kept eating it. I never like never once in my life did I ever like exacerbate the situation by throwing my arms in the air and making noises because that's not how a normal person reacts to good no. food. Maybe maybe if it was like an impoverished person who hadn't had a meal in, you know, 20 years, a really good meal and then you gave them a meal, I could I would forgive that, but probably they might just cry over it. But this 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 inane like <laughs> it's amazing. It's the best street like you said. It's the best like I had the best walking taco I have ever had in my life the yeah, other oh day. God. It's like I what got are you some piping hot like, taco yaki <laughs> or like red bean <laughs> I don't buns. give a shit. Like yeah, I, I, exactly. like I, I can't even tell you how many times I've watched like an anime like character bite into a red bean bun like one from like a plastic wrapper and then freak out and i'm like yeah, yo i've had disgusting. red bean buns no i mean <laughs> it's a, it's, mm, a lot of people like check red out bean. check out my delicious twinkie oh it's Seriously, the greatest thing i've a, ever eaten yeah like come talk? on it's twinkie man yeah it's fucking yeah. nasty whatever oh, anyway so no, back but, on topic well a, uh, so to go back on topic i think one of the key differences <laughs> okay is so to go back on topic what i <laughs> no, no, no back on topic quite specifically because this is one of the another one of those ones where they bring up a really great anime trope and they take it out of its cultural context and now that it's completely lost its cultural impact and you see it for what it is in your own culture's terms you're just like what the fuck is happening and i think the best example of that is one of the favorite jokes of the goddamn anime of Neo Yokio, which is Kaz is on a very, very important call with a guy whose daughter is possessed by a demon through her Coco Chanel suit. Yeah. And uh, in the middle of the conversation, the dad goes, Kaz, I gotta go. Snacks are ready. Yeah. Right, right. Because behind him, behind him, his wife walks up and looks at him with a tray full of like. Um, it's like tea and cookies. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, Snacks are ready, honey. And then he, he, he listens to that line and then goes, Kaz, I gotta go. <laughs> Snacks are ready. I love that. And then mom. they hang up. Yeah, it's it's a perfect little thing where it's like, oh, I, I got takoyaki. And I'm like, <laughs> let's go so eat weird. it. It's so good. No, it's not. You have a fucking snack. Your daughter's possessed, yeah, bitch. Yeah, 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 this man's like, hey, listen, uh, I know this is about my daughter's life and safety, but I really gotta go eat some snacks. So I'll call snackies. you later, Kaz. What? Yeah, I gotta go, buddy. Snacks, man. You what, know. What, what was the other one where where Kaz goes to the to the ball to the? I think it's not, it's not the Louvre. Is it the Met? I guess it's supposed to be the Met, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it's or yeah, yeah. Do you the, mean like the in the in the for the love of God one? Yeah, 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 yeah. it's the it's Met. Supposed to be it's the, the Met. Met. Yeah, so he yeah, he has to he has to stake out the Met to find a demon that's haunting one of the exhibits, but he hasn't found it yet. The curator of the museum keeps walking up to Kaz Khan and trying to offer him an entire plate of hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Because to the, to the guy who legitimately runs an art museum, giving the guy who's currently running security a plate of hors d'oeuvres he wouldn't normally get to have because he can't be a part of the party, it's like, it's like his fucking peace offering. Yeah. And it's just a plate stacked high with a bunch of fucking finger foods. You're like, Nobody wants this shit. Yeah, like, I think the first do thing this. Kaz does, he just throws his binoculars into it. Like I don't care. <laughs> did you um? Did you guys catch the line where like 
as they're headed to the piece, he's like, listen, I'm so nervous. I've taken two beta blockers and I just can't like settle down. And I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. Like everybody. Yeah. He, he abuses uh, anti-depression medication because he's just so zany and eccentric. Just, just amazing right but that right there is another play on like you know the the crazy quirkiness of someone having a you know a mental problem yeah. in japanese anime yeah. this man's like ah oh, god i've taken so many beta blockers it's like <laughs> he, well that the, sounds the, absolutely absurd and nobody should do that <laughs> that's, why that's do you exist? <laughs> so have you tried being a normal human being <laughs> Well, no, right, that's a, it doesn't make him quirky, and it shows that. It just makes it, like, really awkward and weird when he... Well, he remember, he's, guys, he's got a lot on his shoulders. He's not going to be able to relax until every little socialite is in their four-poster bed and asleep. Yeah, yeah. because <laughs> yeah, he runs the Museum of Art. He couldn't give two fucks about the art. The only thing he cares about is the status of the art museum's party. Yes. Yep. It's, it's yeah. perfect. It's perfect. That and that's tuxedos. All, yeah, well, I mean, they have that conversation, but like again, he he's an art guy. Everybody's always, constantly trying to one up each other and prove that they're the most cultured and the most refined, while simultaneously also trying to prove that they're the most eccentric and the most enigmatic. Yeah. So everyone is just doing a bunch of random awkward shit constantly, and nobody knows how to process it. So they either process it as like an act of pure genius. Or the most awkward thing they've ever seen in their life. And usually it's both. <laughs> or at least attempted to be both. Like, I, I can't... Like, the perfect example is the episode where Kaz has to go to that ball. Uh, and yep. he goes to... What, what, what do they call it? The apartment store? Brewdorf's or... Uh, yeah, I have a... Bergdorf. Brundorf. Bergdorf, yeah. Bergdorf. So Bergdorf. It's supposed to be Macy's. Obviously. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So... He goes to Macy's, and there's only one sales clerk who he ever talks to, <laughs> but he will never refer to him by name. He only ever refers to sales him clerk. as sales clerk, at least until the Christmas episode. Yeah, but like the sales clerk like runs up. He's the most he's the most enthusiastic sales clerk of all time. He runs up to him, and Kaz <laughs> is blindfolded, and he's running his hands through racks and suits. <laughs> and the sales clerk is like, "What, Kaz, sir?" Watching you shop by touch is truly inspiring. <laughs> like, what in the absolute fuck is going on? Is, is that the same episode that he ends up with the uh, the? Yeah, he's in the dressing blue? room, I think. Well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah but... it's the midnight blue because he picks one out by touch without looking at it. But they don't, but they don't draw attention to it. So what happens is he buys this tux for the for the black tie party. And uh, he goes to pick it up later, and he's wearing it around because he, quote, has to break it in. Yep. Yeah, before the party. <laughs> and you got to break it in he, good he, suit. Uh, Charles, like, picks off a th- single thread of his suit and, like, uses his computer eyes to analyze it and says, I'm sorry to tell you this, Mr. Kaz, but your suit is, in fact, not black, but is, in fact, the very darkest shade of midnight <laughs> midnight blue. blue. <laughs> and he pulls and, one off, he holds it, and, and like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. And how they, how they spotted this. it? How they spotted it was Lexi and Godlieb. They were yep. just all sitting in like an outside cafe, and suddenly the sun hit it at the right angle. And both Lexi and Godlieb go, "Oh no, cause oh no, I don't think that's a black tux." And he's like, "What are you talking about? Of course it is." And then that happens. And then, yeah. of course, as soon as he says, "Oh, I hope nobody shows up to see this mistake," well, there comes in comes Archangelo, yep. the East Side gentleman. And this, <laughs> this uh... from thirty feet away. Archangelo is like, oh, God. Wait a minute. And he runs all the way up to him, pulls off a strand. Midnight Blue? 
Kaz, what are you crazy? <laughs> and this this joke never stops happening in the episode. Like every time you've forgotten about it, it just pops up again. At yeah, one point somebody in time, will be like, "Ooh, midnight blue." He asks a uh, he asks a he asks a taxi driver. He's like, "Hey, would you wear a midnight blue like tux to a black tie formal event?" And this guy's like, "Well, I might be. Uh, well, I don't know what that accent was, but I might be yeah, a terrible. taxi driver." <laughs> And uh, know nothing about black tie events, but I absolutely would not ever wear anything like that. <laughs> you, know? you thought he was setting it up where he's going to be like, you know, you got to really break the mold. You got to be your own person. It's like, you know, I don't really know anything about these fancy black tie affairs, and I'm not really from from that kind of line of work, but absolutely not. I would never do that. But I would never <laughs> wear a midnight And the, the vocal cut is great. He's like, well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, absolutely do not do that. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I figured. <laughs> And yeah, there's a couple other people that pointed out too. The joke's great. Well, and then the joke gets better because then he wears, he ends up changing it for a black suit because he's like, oh, I can't look like a fool. And then Archangelo shows up in a midnight blue suit (laughs) and he blows everybody away. Yeah. And then the demon. And then, of course, yeah, JW said it earlier, he's hiding from. Uh, for the love of God, which is a jewel-encrusted skull yeah. that is now demon-possessed. That you that was the demon once was his date, which was a country singer from North Kakalak. North anyway, Kakalak. North Kakalak. Uh, they they get transported into a painting, and he goes, "I can still see you." He's like, "Oh, how?" It's like you're wearing black on a midnight blue background. How could I not see you? <laughs> damn you, Archangelo! Damn it, Archangelo! <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That, I, I think it's genuinely my favorite. good fun and good writing in an anime, and it's uh, uh, oh, it's just want more of it. There's, there's also, only six episodes and a Christmas episode, you know. It does reward you uh, occasionally with like the fun, um, like Archer wordplay. It's not a lot, but occasionally it does with like the for the love of God, like two or three times in that episode, like the the Met advisor, the Met artist, like you know the main Met owner <laughs> or whatever, will run up and be like, the for the love of God, it's yeah. gone. And then he's like, "What? What's gone? For the love of oh, God! For the love of God!" <laughs> I, I just love the idea of a modern art piece being called "For the Love of God" in all caps. Like that's the name of the piece. You have to scream it. For the love of God! <laughs> what have you done? Oh man! Oh god! It's so I uh, oh, do you guys remember the? So when the, when they're trying on the uh, the tuxes. The uh, Archangelo shows up and they're trying on tuxes and there's banter back and forth. And um, at one point, Kaz is like, Yeah, well, you just wish you would live here or you could live here. And like immediately, <laughs> Archangelo is like, Yeah, I wish I could. And then it goes back to Kaz and he's like, Me too. And there's just this hanging. You like, you zoom out above it and you can see both of them staring at their feet at the same time for like two <laughs> seconds. They're just so sad that they can't live inside yeah. Bergdorf's. It's so good. Specifically Inside the Bergdorf's the dressing room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're in the dressing room. They're constantly in the dressing room next to each other. And every time Kaz goes to try something on and he talks to himself, Archangelo is in the stall next door and he interrupts. Oh, Archangelo, so... what do you live here? <laughs> I, I wish I lived I here. I wish I lived here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah me too. Episode uh, two yeah. is probably where, um, in my opinion, like episode one is a lot of fun to watch and like it's, yeah, like I had a lot of fun watching it the first time, but I think episode two is kind of where like the major theming starts really coming into play. Because oh, before yeah. that, it's just like, okay, these people are rich, and obviously, I'm not supposed to like like them, but I'm having fun. You know, like maybe maybe they're not all bad. And then episode two comes out with the uh, the North Kakalakan singer who is supposed to probably be Miley Cyrus, 
Um, yeah, that was what I thought. Miley or maybe um, I don't think it's supposed to be Taylor Swift. I really don't think. I, I think no, it's got to be Miley it, because of the country accent. I think yeah. that's what sells it as Miley Cyrus. And I think it does yeah. a good job of it. Um, but whenever she turns into a literally for the love of God as a jewel encrusted skull, the first thing that she says is like, "Listen, I like you, Cause, but if you side with them, like I'm gonna kill you." Because tonight the Met will run red with the blood of the bourgeois. And I was like, whoa, let's go. <laughs> the demons are socialists. Yeah, the demons are ready. Uh, it's uh, We got Praxis again, boys. Um, That's right. Kind of actually for real this time. Especially um, in the last episode. The yeah, the, the, the Christmas, Christmas episode or the last episode? The Christmas episode. Okay. Yeah. If, they, there's, it, the Christmas know, episode technically isn't the last episode. Well, it's season two. It, it bothers me so much special. that they're never going to make more of this. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but you know uh, what? Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Yeah, it, me it, too. It, <laughs> hey, here's the thing. I, I feel like I I don't want to jinx it at this point. I've had so much fun watching these seven episodes that like I'm just glad I got given it. You know? No, like, yeah, hundred percent. I, I, I oh for sure. Something. Yeah, like I mean, that you got to take what you can get. Really like blow well, up. And here's obviously. the and here's the thing though, when it comes to things that we actually enjoy in anime, a lot of it just isn't quote unquote popular enough to get more. And that's what's really sad. Like it really is like a a cookie cutter world out there where you just find something that makes money, you'd reskin it and you sell it again. And that's why we have like a hundred different slice of life animes come out over a year yeah. and everybody gobbles them up and it makes enough money for them to keep doing it. And but then I, you have yeah. Neo Yokio, something that somebody put a lot of time and effort into and you know it gets six episodes in a christmas season and then who knows if we'll ever see it again right and what kills me is that like there are all these people who claim to be like the arbiters of taste in anime and they're digging through the shittiest shit like day after day season after season combing through just the latest fucking isekai writing video essays that are hours long about just the most mundane cookie cutter shit I've ever seen. Yeah. And yet, these original things are just getting completely swept aside. And if, if it was one thing, if one person came up and was like, oh yeah, I like I love watching that Isekai shit. Like, I don't know, I just I just love watching it. Fine, whatever. When somebody walks up to me and goes like, oh, it's so good, it's so much better than that other stuff. That other stuff is trash. No, this is fucking trash. This- you have trash taste. You don't know what you like. You just you just listen to what other people tell you you're supposed to like. You were gonna watch it anyway, and anything that it, that comes out that is actually good and actually new and actually has a different idea, you don't fucking watch that. No, I mean you, I. You uh, don't again, talk about that. I I will say that I'm not speaking for people I literally know on this one. Sometimes they're like I will voice opinions of people I know about anime, but that is not the case for this. Online though, when Neo Yokio came out. People fucking hated this show. They loved it for the memes. They thought it was hilarious that Jaden Smith attempted to make an anime, which is like unfair well, no, he because didn't they made a... to make one. He was just the voice actor. No, but he got credited for it, right? Like yeah, no he's, one talked he's about a producer. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it, no one gave well, a fuck fair. about like uh, Vampire Weekend's main singer or something like that. Did like the entire uh, script. Like no one gave a shit about that. But like they really cared that Jaden Smith. You know, everyone hates him. And for, for the record, I don't know or give a fuck about Jaden Smith. But if he makes other shit like this, I'll start caring a lot. Because, yeah. like, this is really interesting and also fucking hilarious. Like, uh, this this kind of thing reminds me of... Uh, there, there's a Twitch streamer. He's huge, so I imagine most people know him. But Hassan. Hassan is, like, 
Who? You know, an ex... Nice. So, um, Hassan is a Young Turks, like, correspondent at one point or something like that. He worked with the Young Turks. But now I'm pretty sure he just streams, and then occasionally he'll talk about, like, leftist critiques. And, like, he is insanely popular. Like, he's one of... Maybe not one of the biggest, like, Twitch streamers, but he's giant. Absolutely massive. And, like, most of the people watching him are kids, like, significantly younger than me. So, like, I'm almost 30 now. And I know that I think his average is like 24 or something like that. 23? I don't know. So, like, clearly whatever he is doing has at least some level of popularity. Don't be afraid to put some kind of, like, you know, character into the shit you do. Neo Yokio has a fuckload of character. It's so good. And it's also hilarious. Like, it's not like I just got, like, handed the, the like, political critique I wanted. Like, it is just genuinely hilarious. And I, I get the feeling that people just saw the Toblerone shit, they saw Mecca Butler, and they saw Jaden Smith's name on this, and then they just literally didn't pay attention to anything else. I, I, I think that there are people who even watched it and just don't, like, it's not what they're used to seeing, and they didn't know what to do about it. I, I think yeah, that's the yeah. best way to describe it. It's because, like, I've seen, like, there was, like, a, a brief gigic video making fun of it or something, yeah, I think. Was. But, like, nobody who watched this seemed to even understand it. And on a fundamental level. And the only reason I can think that they didn't understand it is that they had absolutely no idea how to interact with it or, or like talk about it. I could see because, that. Because it didn't follow, well, it did follow, but it didn't follow all the normal tropes that basically tell them what they're supposed to feel and tell them what they're supposed to think. Like nobody's tits fell out. There were no panty shots. There was no waifus. There weren't any like fucking shown in power levels so like nobody knew what to think they actually you know, there, was, this... there was one panty shot in the entire show i think yeah yeah i think so and but it was like, at the very beginning yeah but there's but no don't... yeah i think you're talking about the uh the tennis players right yep yeah and it's not yeah, even really those a are panty tennis shot. shorts yeah the, the no like shorts. it's whatever i i'm just i i want to make sure we said that because no, it's no, not fine but like true. the point is that like nobody everybody watched this i think one of the issues is that they had to watch it in their native language which meant that they didn't have that that degree of surprise anymore. Yeah. So like everybody was listening to people give uh, deliveries, and then I, I'm pretty sure even Gigix said it is like, oh, the the deliveries are also stinted. It's because yeah. the joke is that they're all rich assholes who don't have any investment in anything that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So and like so like oh, there's no character I can identify with. Why do you identify with the characters in anime? They're all yeah. terrible people. Almost all, all right. of the time. So, so like that's exactly what I think happened here. So everyone was watching Neo Yokio mostly because of memes and Toblerone jokes. And they're like, I don't think the jokes are funny. Why are the jokes not funny? Because they don't get them. Why don't they get them? Because it, they weren't fucking spelling it out. Like nobody went, ah! And their face contorted into a funny anime face. Like I don't... <laughs> You know, Very I could true. I could also see people not understanding the jokes. Like, I, I will not pretend that, like... I, I do love a fair number of the jokes because politically they line up with me. I won't pretend that isn't the case. It's just not the only reason why it's funny. It's not the I only do jokes think either, yeah. It's also not the only joke, yeah. So, like, I will... Anyway, with that said, I could see a good faith argument where people didn't like it because they could tell there was a joke happening 
but they didn't understand it and it turned them off. Like I've read, I read a book by like the, the Chapa trap house guys from podcast, uh, like a, they're like a podcast and they made a book, but like I read it a couple of years ago and I just didn't get half the jokes in there. I knew jokes were happening, but like, I don't fucking know these political individuals that they're like cracking jokes about. So sure. as a result, like I can tell that there's probably pretty funny, but like on what level? Fuck if I know. Like well, I, I yeah. could I could see people not liking this because of that. I, I there's nothing. That. There's nothing in Neo Yokio you have to have a background to understand. Um, like no, if I you think that's watch television, term. you watch rich people. Like, yeah, but you watch we, how we're taught to act. idolize them. We're taught to idolize rich people. I mean, literally, look at what's happening. I, like, I get that. I get that. But like seriously, like when it's not like the rich people are assholes is a new joke. There's there's nothing true. that happens in here that is somehow unique. It's it's not yeah. breaking new ground. It's pretty standard comedy I, stuff. A lot I think of the it's time. breaking ground. Okay, it's it's sort of like the subtext of jo- the joke is probably breaking uh, breaking new ground for a lot of people. It's not actually new ground to the world, but well, it's probably new ground well, for a lot of people. When the flying skull says the 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 Met will run red with the blood of the bourgeoisie, I get people not laughing at that. Yeah, I'm right. talking about the joke, the basic ass joke of of the skull. Looking at a guy against a background and saying, oh, I can oh, see yeah. you, bitch. Yeah, that thing That's was hilarious. funny <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. You know why? Because the joke's set up with the fucking blue and the black tux. Yep. It, that, that doesn't require a background. That doesn't require any knowledge. That's, that's just a joke. Yeah, I agree. It's with a that. very basic and funny joke. Right. It, yeah. Right. I, I'm not saying that. I, I'm saying you're, you've selected a joke that is an example of the 50% of jokes that are not political at all, and also yeah. just very good jokes. And I was, you know, the other is the 50% that are political. And maybe people don't get. Like, but, I, and, and like, so one that I can understand people not getting. I, I think part of it is the delivery, and the delivery is pretty dry. But again, yeah. these are people who supposedly watch The Office every day and slip into a comatic depression. <laughs> okay, you, that's a pretty good point. How do you watch the AF Office and not understand dry humor? That's a good point. That's so, a very, now, so when now there's wanna... a joke about when um... Mike, shut up. Yeah, Sorry, go fuck on, James. You. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fair enough. Like one of, one of my favorite jokes is that they Kaz uh, Khan is feeling very depressed, so he says he wants to go see the grave, and yeah. he literally has his own <laughs> grave already lined up. Made a headstone, made yeah. everything, and all that's not filled in is the date and his corpse. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody else is there putting flowers on a grave. And he goes up to this old man and he says, what are you doing? He says, oh, I'm just delivering flowers to my dead wife. I loved her so much. He says, oh, what else are you doing? Oh, I'm also placing her favorite perfume. He says, oh, what perfume is it? He says, Babylon number five. She just loved her Babylon number five. And then Kaz <laughs> proceeds to grill him about how Babylon number five is just completely out of style and old school. And yeah. that his his dead wife would probably like it better if he got her some better sense. Yeah. And then he just glares at him and goes, yeah, uh-huh. no, she likes her Babylon number five. <laughs> and it's oh, like, the, right. the, that's a funny ass fucking joke oh it's very i get that why somebody might not get it if they're not into dry humor but you don't get to tell me you watch the office every night and not get that that's a dry humor joke that's good about kaz being a fucking asshole to a random guy trying to put flowers on his dead wife's grave all right mike what do you want to say all right i'm gonna hop in here while we're still on this topic before we get to doing this i'm gonna read you i'm on the wiki and i'm gonna read you about the reception and what people 
why some people gave this a negative review, like actual reviews. Oh my right? god, we didn't it's check reviews. Like, that you're oh, really no, reviews. It's like, it's like three or four sentences. It's just like at the end, we know what's. All right, <clears throat> these ain't no Crunchyroll so, reviews. No, no, no. It says the series received mixed reviews, with a common criticism being the main character Kaz Khan. Uh, Mike Toole from Anime News Network called the show nigh-unwatchable codswallop, expressing issues with the bad voice acting of its cast and with its poor animation and writing. Julia Alexander of Polygon called the show a poor attempt to bring Jaden Smith's Twitter persona into a series as Jaden's character's Kaz is annoying, self-centered, narcissistic, and infuriating rather wow. than likable. And then one last one, IGN gave it a negative review, with reviewer Miranda Sanchez criticizing the artwork, calling it humorless, and saying that it feigns sincerity in any issue it tackles. Wow. These people have a piece of their fucking brain missing. I I was blown away when I read that, because I could not disagree more wholeheartedly with every one of those than I do right now. Did they watch it? Like seriously, I don't know. know. That's really upsetting. (laughs) How? And and probably my favorite point is the one where they don't. So this actually, I know I'm going to skip a little bit, but like the last episode they make is the Christmas episode. It's also like sort of movie. Like it's it's an hour long. Yeah, it's an hour. It's it's about two to three more episodes worth of content. The the new the Christmas episode is unabashedly like. Anti-capitalist. It, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't pull any punches. Anti- in no, straight it's, up it's, saying that Neo Yokio is a terrible, terrible place that only exists because of the exploitation of other people, and it deserves to be destroyed and wiped from existence. It's anti a lot of things too. It's anti-capitalist. Yeah. It's anti-imperialist. It's anti. Uh, I mean, it's, it literally discusses class traitors. Like, yeah. it's very direct about um. Like I mean, this is this is the moment where it is calling out to you and grabbing you by your ears and going, "If you want to try to pay attention for a moment, I'm gonna teach you something. It'll so, be fun." And, but and it's it's so there's a couple. Of, there's one scene that basically outright says it, and so the backdrop of Pink Christmas, which is the name of that Christmas episode, is that uh, Kazkan is sick and he's really miserable because he's sick over the holidays. So he asks Charles, his robot butler, to tell him a story. Only because Kaz is so jaded and self-centered, the story has to be about him. So Charles goes into what he calls, like, improvisational mode and makes up a Christmas story about Kaz. Um, One of the points of this is that at the very end of the story, uh, Neo Yokio is wiped from existence because it's a terrible, terrible place and everyone in it deserves to die. And that's pretty much unabashedly the message uh after this happens and charles tells that part of the story cause who is now we've now snapped back to outside the story goes what the hell was that ending charles it's so depressing he says is it depressing yeah like goes, why yeah, did you no, destroy you the destroyed city destroyed the city yeah. and and charles says did it destroy or was it like cleansed or you know returned restored. to nature restored, restored. yeah restored yeah. and cause goes that's exactly my point. Don't make it ambiguous, okay? Why are you leaving it up to interpretation? And then Charles goes, very well, sir. I'll make sure to insert some more Toblerone jokes next time. And, like, that was a perfect, like, yeah. middle finger to all the people who gave the show a bad review, specifically yeah. on the note that they didn't get that it had a message that it was trying to tell. 
Like, totally that, that's agree. straight up shoving a middle finger in the face of everyone who was too fucking stupid to understand what the show was doing. Like, oh, Kaz is an unlikable character. What? Yeah, what? no shit. He's funny because he's a jaded piece of shit. It's like, oh, I don't like Arrested Development. You know, like, Michael's not likable. It's not supposed to be fucking likable. None of them are likable. <laughs> you, when have you ever watched a sitcom where everyone was likable? Ever. Never. Yeah, that well, not that not was since never the fucking the 90s. We don't yeah, do that never. anymore. Two and a Half Men is one of the most successful sitcoms of the last fucking 15 years. Not a single person in that show is a good human being. Big Bang Theory is one of the biggest fucking sitcoms of the last 10 years. Not a single human being in there is very relatable. No. Well, they they like to think that they've made relatable. Well, they're they're ca- they're all caricatures. Yeah, Every right. everybody's like a flawed human being. Everyone's like a weirdo. So like, there's there's no normal person. There's no like focal point for you to be like, oh, this is me, and then everyone else is the crazy guy. That's not how that is. Like, um, Seinfeld. Nobody in there is likable. I I can't name a single sitcom or TV show that is of extreme importance and success of the last 20 years and come up yeah. with one where all the characters were relatable, especially the main character. No, that stuff is dead now. So when so when you're, like, critiquing the yo-yo, it's like, oh, nobody's relatable. Like, all I'm hearing is, oh, it's just not like an anime, so, like, I don't I don't get what to do. Yeah, I don't what do understand. I do? How, who am I supposed People to be? People are like, making yeah, funny Deku faces. Yeah, punch the bad guy. Uh, some guy's not accidentally falling on a girl and grabbing her boob, and they're like blushing yeah, and being weird he's about not a it. Rapist, uh, just like me. There's, so I don't yeah, know there's not do. enough lollies. And, and hey, uh, just to, just to point out, when something does something well, by the way, there's an entire episode. Uh, it's number three, no four. It's number four where they jump into a magical pool, and Lexi. I yes, think, Lexi. yeah, Lexi. Yeah, Lexi gets turned into like a hot woman. <clears throat> and the uh, Godleave gets turned into a, like a literal panda, and they go to a party, and um, Kaz is literally using Lexi as arm candy to like make his ex jealous, yeah. and then forces himself on Lexi and kisses her. Well, kisses him in this case. It, it's confusing on purpose. So anyway, kisses him, and he races out to the pool and is like, "Hey, fuck you!" Like that was beyond uncool. Like that was literally not something i want you to do don't ever do that again and they they set up the scene as its cause is like the average quote-unquote man that is like you're being hysterical calm the fuck down like listen i'm just yeah, you know he starts taking advantage of the talking situation. to him like a woman exactly yep. yeah despite the fact that he knows that that is his male friend yes. who just within an hour ago got turned into a woman by a magic pool yeah, and the and best like, part is, is his voice is exactly the same. Exactly the same. It's identical. <laughs> it's just him. There's, so like, it's like impossible not to realize, and that's what makes it so funny. Is that like yeah. everybody's like sexually harassing this guy and treating him like shit. He's only been a woman for 15 minutes. He already yeah. fucking hates it, and all yeah. of his friends have just like instantly forgotten <laughs> who he yes. was at all. And will it's it, it immediately take advantage of him for it. Yeah. And like, and for the record, the show calls this out as being wrong in oh, yeah. a very, very educated way. But apparently like, that's not anime enough, Ethan. No, no. Yeah. There needs to be more rape. Yeah. Hilarious. Or a bare minimum more sexual assault. But like there was, but it wasn't, it wasn't fun rape. So like, ooh, I'm uncomfortable. I want to rape the hot Lexi chick man. Yep. 
God, I fucking. <laughs> the the best part is, is because his voice is like distinctly his own voice. He goes to the party and he never says anything to anyone. Yes. And people are just constantly hitting on him, and he's just constantly trying to walk away. But he he like legitimately can't say anything to them to make them leave because they'll find out he just is a as, as a guy. Oh, it's fucking funny. Yeah, it's it's very well very well handled. And here's the thing, because I guarantee someone's gonna crawl up my ass about this. I'm not saying that every show needs to like have a like a white knight moment of pro you know stating gender as a spectrum. It is a spectrum. It doesn't always belong in every show. This bo- oh excuse me the the dialogue specifically that happens in the show doesn't belong in every show, but sure. like the way that it is handled here is done expertly. Like, right. It is so, very so the two good. The critiques <laughs> that we heard were that the voice acting was bad. I don't know what yep. the fuck they're talking about. The voice acting is amazing. It's exactly I, what it you, needs to you be. You have to have fucking screws in your ears. I don't know what the hell's wrong with your brain. Like everyone talks like a bit of a fucking disjointed robot when they're rich. You know who doesn't talk like that? Aunt Agatha. Aunt Agatha talks like a normal yeah. fucking human, talks down to all the other people because she thinks of them as vapid assholes, and she does a good performance. Yeah. Jude Law has a great performance as a posh fucking robo-butler. Like, what did you yep. expect him to sound like? Did you expect him yep. to sound like he's delivering Shakespeare? Yes, well, who's probably, that's exactly who's the, what he sounds like. <laughs> I think, what, the two probably most... Re- or there's three. The three most realistic characters, I think, like for voice, are probably what... Kathy, his ex, and then his two aunts. Kathy's got a fucking great voice. She's like she has a very distinctive like performance. Like I, I keep yeah. hearing her, and she almost sounds like a fucking three pack a day forty year old woman, and but also not. You know, well, she I mean? has like a rasp. Yeah, she has yeah. like a raspy voice. But like it, it's so like if her voice was deeper, you would maybe say it was like husky or something. And it's yeah. it's not. It's it's like a raspy voice. It it sounds amazing. It's very good. It's very distinctive. Um, like I, you can yeah. pick her out of any line. You hear? I can that hear line, it right you now. Know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear it in my head. Lexi has and, a like, very distinctive way of talking. And true. Yeah. So he, does Gottlieb, he sounds good. Although Gottlieb doesn't really talk as much. Right. 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 But like I, I meant like for characters that sound like real people as they speak. Sort of like how Mommy Chan sounded like a real person, despite yeah. the fact that she sounded like a fucking crazy person. Yeah. She sounded legitimate. Well, she was real. written well. I mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she was written well. So like again, and, like the, somehow the dialogue is badness. I, like you just didn't get it, right? That's just basically yeah, they what just you're did not. Get you it. didn't get it. I, and for the record, so again, I'm real, I'm open to the idea of people being like, I'm just not interested. But don't look me in the face and tell me this is shit because it's just not. Don't like, don't look just me not. in the face and tell me this is shit while you're watching season four of Re Zero Two, Electric Waifu Boogaloo Six. Yeah, fuck yourself. Yeah. You've got no taste. <laughs> you're dead inside. <laughs> I mean, Neo. I don't know. It's it's like just to be abundantly clear. I, I had so much fun watching this. Like, I had more fun watching this than, like, half of the bad anime we watch. Because, like, it was just so well put together. That, like, yeah. and I watched this with you, uh, you two. Like, I, well, there were other people there, too, but I watched it with you two, at least. And, like, I, I don't know. I, I was laughing my ass off the entire time. Like, yeah. uh, well, with ex- some exception, but not much. I, I don't normally laugh at shit, and, like, I, when I'm actually watching it, but I laugh mm-hmm. at this shit. It's so good. Hey, you know what? What is, what are some of your favorite jokes? Mike, you've been quiet. Well, I've I've only been quiet because I've been I've been looking up this dude's, pushed out. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, this dude this dude's review and another part of it. I just want to bring this up, and then we can move on to actual favorite parts. But he starts to talk about how 
like he's like, well, what's the story? He's like, Kaz hunts a couple demons, but his powers aren't explained. He loves field hockey, but he only plays it once. He exercises somebody, but like nothing happens there. And I was like, you really didn't understand what this was supposed to be about. No. That it's making fun of all of those animes that only focus yep. on that stupid garbage. Yep. Like explaining powers over seven episodes because anybody cares anymore. Or like I just yeah, it's, like, who it's gives incredible. A shit where his powers come from? Like what 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 it's, is that gonna do for you? Are you gonna be like oh wow now he's charging up the super exorcism laser ball? No, it's meaningless. It, it's just the same and, fucking laser ball. Just shoot lasers. And he he calls he calls this animation bad, but likes Lupin the Third, which Wait, I looked at and that? it looks well, like straight one? garbage. There's ten part trillion two. Lupin the part Third. Two. Well, the third. <laughs> no, don't even, part, don't even start with me. Lupin the Third is probably the most <laughs> over fucking remade show on the planet. I've never even heard of this thing, so don't worry. About I've it. heard of it. There's I've a, never there's seen a new it, American but... movie, or not American, but like. New oh Western yeah, no, I, I watched I watched an episode of that. Yeah, it was okay. Wait, it was, Jay, no, it's actually French. Is this it's thing French on Netflix? Is Whatever. Lupin the Third remade more than Higurashi? Yeah, probably, uh, as far as I can tell, I have personally I don't seen know. three different versions of Lupin the Third. Yeah, but Higurashi. Well, I'm looking at it. And it looks like there's five or so of anime, and it looks like Higurashi. I don't know. Probably they're probably about the same. I'll just say that without actually doing any research. Also, Lupin anyway, the Third is a concept, whereas Higurashi is a specific story. Yeah, oh, okay. true. Yeah, but so my the, the thing is, is that if, if you didn't like this anime, anime, because you know you just didn't get into it you didn't feel it okay fine you know it's yeah, not give it another it's not gonna be maybe. for everybody okay but you're right if you look us in the face and say the acting was bad the animation was bad there were no, no jokes it was just terrible you're dead wrong and a moron and that's just all there is to it i don't know how to put it politely i just don't you're just absolutely wrong you completely missed the entire point of the same like he was like oh this didn't actually have like a writer or a producer on it and i was like yeah it was just Ezra, the guy from Vampire Weekend who made an anime, yeah, was like, it's a one man hey. vision. That's why it's yeah, so he was clean. Like, he was like, let me do this. And they were like, okay. Yeah, sure. And whatever. he's like, oh. And I'm just like, just stop. Just and, watch the anime for again, what it's meant to, to be. To emphasize the point, like, perfectly, these same people will praise up and down the fucking street Devil May Cry. Or not Devil May Cry. Devil oh, May Devil Cry. Devil May Cry, baby. baby. Maybe Devil May Cry, it, too. We don't know. Probably Devil May Cry. <laughs> Devil May Cry, baby, is like fucking art house shit. I, no, there is no fucking way you had the mental faculties to understand the nuance of the story of Devil May Cry, baby, and you're telling me that Neo Yokio is impenetrable. There is no fucking version of a person who praises Devilman Crybaby and goes, yeah, but Neo Yokio had an unlikable protagonist. You know, I, I was ready to disagree with you, but that's actually a pretty good point because I, I don't hate Devilman like particularly. I don't I, like I don't crave to watch it, but I, I certainly don't hate it. And I was expecting art it to come style? down. Are you no, I just, shitting me? In general, I just don't really care. Like it just exists. It's doing something different. That's really all I care. So no, like sure, I don't sure. like, but, like it. But these are these are the these are the same. Somehow these are the same group of people. These people right, who no, are no, like I, jumping over yeah, themselves but, to praise Devil Man Crybaby for things they clearly can't understand. If you don't understand Neo Yokio, right? That's kind of what I'm getting at. As I I think that your this is a good argument. Like if you are ready to look at like the intricacies of something that claims it has like a really cool message, great, fine and dandy. 
but like be prepared to give that for something else as well because like i'm happy to give the exact same courtesy to devil man crybaby like i i'm ready to go i'd love for it to be good so nobody watched oh damn it dog nobody watched (laughs) devil man crybaby and thought I, I guarantee this is how it works. Like, nobody watched Devil May Cry Baby until other people on the internet told them to watch it and told them what to think about it and told them how to process it. Because until they did, they were watching some really, really strange animation, a story about a character that doesn't seem like it even goes anywhere until episode three, and then uh, a theme that, like, like, the first fucking ten minutes of Devil May Cry Baby are two children on a cliff on the beginning of creation fighting over whether or not to kill a cat you don't get that you don't get that at all you didn't wa- you didn't sit through that fucking scene and like tell me that you could write a video essay on that shit if it wasn't for the video essay telling you what that scene meant and what it was about and why you were supposed to be like praising it, you wouldn't have praised it. You wouldn't have liked it. You would have no idea what was going on. There are no likable characters in that fucking scene. There's a guy trying to kill a cat with a box cutter. Come on. Don't fucking lie to me. Alright, and my literal last point on this, because you keep tying it in, JW, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, I looked up this this reviewer and typed in Devil May Crybaby to see what came up. Top five animes of 2018. Number five was was Megalobox. I said, okay, so, you know, you have some good taste. That's a very good anime. You want to talk about a show that had Number four, Devil May Crybaby. Number number four, Devil Man Crybaby. I was like, it, and there it is, yeah. and there it is, folks. The, the shit number writes four itself. anime. The shit writes itself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. And for you to pull that out, it just shows how predictable it people are. And then number three, it. you just saw that it was pretentious, and you knew that if you pretended to like it and understand it, people would think you were smart. And that yeah. was it. Was number the three same was year, uh, right? Lupin the Third Part Four because this guy is a hard on for Lupin the Third apparently. Yeah. And, it, and it's ten thousand fucking remakes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're you're a real fucking uh, auteur. Yeah, amazing. Anyway, I just thought it was funny that you're right. It writes itself because uh, you said it and it was true. So good job, Jay. I'm proud of you. Um, but back to some funny bits to to kind of go back to a more positive note. Uh, favorite favorite moment of the anime altogether. Um, oh, it doesn't have just, to be perfectly favorite. There's so many good ones, but. Eh, Alright, but try to try to give me one of your favorite then, like, you know, top yeah, three yeah. moments. Try to give me kind of give me something that like really stood out to you uh as the best. You know what? Top one here's one of my here's one of the most I don't know, pivotal, but a moment that I super enjoyed about the show was right at the end of the last episode when they're doing the race and they're driving through all the cities and they end up driving through the walled city, which is just where poor people live. Of course, they don't care about the poor people, so they don't tell them they're racing there. They just race through the poor people's neighborhoods without anything. <laughs> and during this, uh, during this causes cars getting leapt on by a bunch of poor people trying to smash this rich man's car, which why wouldn't they? It's driving through their alleyways and nearly hitting people and breaking things. And he just looks, he just, uh, he's talking to, I forget, uh, uh, the pit crew, I guess. And he's like, I'm starting to think that Neo Yokio isn't the perfect city that I thought it was. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's a, that sums up this entire series. Like Kazakhan's journey of like, ah, I care about all this. And then at the end, he's like, you know what? I really, I really don't know about any of this anymore. And I was just like, that was just a good moment just to have at the end of the show before before it ultimately wrapped up. Like I don't know, 15 minutes later. 
I just enjoyed that. It wasn't my favorite moment, but I enjoyed that that's the way they kind of tied it all together. Like, yeah, you know what? Uh, it turns out New Year... And then that ties into the Christmas episode where yeah. Aunt Agatha, I mean, calls him out on everything. Where she's like, listen, I just play everything as it lies. But you, Kaz, you're a hypocrite and a pussy. Like, that's what you are. Yeah. And she was you like, don't understand he was like, world. oh my god. You completely are blind to all of the evils of the city that you live in. You're the worst version of a human being. Yeah, and uh, no, and Anna, Anna Agatha's not a good person, but she doesn't claim to be. You're right, but Kaz did, and he just turned his turned a blind but, eye to everything else that mattered. Because Kaz you know, claimed it to wasn't... be a good person by default of interacting so fervently with what it can only be described as the most meaningless things in his daily life. Right. No, yeah. it, it's great, and uh, my favorite moment of the anime, and also is from the Christmas episode, which is where the sales clerk, who uh, now has a name, Herbert, is uh, working at Macy's on Christmas Day, and it's his favorite time of the year because he gets to lick the boots of the bourgeoisie so fucking hard. And also, it's the one time he feels useful to them. So, Archangelo throws a concert uh, where he says fuck capitalism and fuck material goods except that he's only doing it so that he can sell an album so he doesn't yes. actually well, no, no, no. he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't throw he doesn't he doesn't throw the concert first he does it at the secret santa gift exchange he goes listen kaz i'm not i didn't get you a gift i get, i didn't give you a gift of the hand but i give you a gift of the heart and he sings a song for him and then he's like you know f material goods and f all that and then he's like oh but also come to my concert i have a podcast yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's basically just selling himself while pretending to not sell everything point which is, is you know brilliant he everybody because he He's the number one most eligible bachelor in all of Neo Yokio. Everybody instantly listens to him. No, full stop. He ends up creating what is essentially a general consumer strike. Um, so the guy who works at Bergdorf, the sales clerk, goes to work and is super, super pumped for the day before Christmas when all of the people are in their, their biggest purchasing fervor and nobody comes. And he yeah. basically has a fucking panic attack and passes out on the floor. He then wakes back up and is re-reminded of the fact that no one is coming and no one will today. While his co-workers are like, this is fucking great. We don't have to do anything. He then, without saying a word, um, is, is then called to the office. And this is my favorite moment. He's, so called, he's called to the manager's office, and, which is referred to as Bergdorf-chan. He says, oh, Bergdorf-chan would like to see you, uwu. And he goes, oh, that's weird. I wonder why she wants to see me. It, he walks into a broom closet with a computer in it and an LCD screen. On the LCD screen is an anime girl, Bergdorf-chan, who is the manager of Bergdorf's. He walks up to the screen and Bergdorf-chan goes, I'm so sorry, Herbert, but we're going to have to let you go. And Herbert's like, oh no, I, I wouldn't want... Uh, why, why, what's happening? And she says, well... Thanks to the general strike of the general public, we, we're not going to make any more money. So our bottom line has to be saved by cutting costs. And sales clerk like goes, you. oh, well, I wouldn't want to threaten your precious bottom line. He says, unfortunately, I'm going to have to ask you to put in your bow tie and your ID card. <laughs> and he goes, oh, oh, God. And like a drawer slides out of yep. the computer and he puts in his, his bow tie and his ID badge. She goes, I'm going to miss you so much, Herbert. 
<laughs> he leaves, and the door just slams, and the computer screen turns off. He then goes to the it. roof and fucking tries to kill himself. Yeah, immediately after. Immediately after. He doesn't after. talk to anyone. He just goes up to the roof and goes, well, this is it. And he just jumps off the roof of a skyscraper to kill himself. It's fucking hilarious. It's, it's hilarious because it's so fucking dark and it's so fucking real. And it's just, it's the perfect representation of this show in a nutshell. It's got a really funny premise, a real real premise that actually relates very well to a message in real life. It's got another hilarious moment that is extraordinarily dark and it caps it all off with a guy killing himself in a way that's just so melodramatic but also so over the top that it's completely disconnected from the emotion. So like you don't feel bad because you're like, okay, well, there's a, there's no way this is gonna happen. It's great. It's perfect. His, his line where he says, "I wouldn't want my paycheck to affect your profit margins." Yeah, yes. oh, yes. so good. Yeah, because he's the Honestly, perfect employee. This, I love the uh, the sales clerk in general because he, like his lines are so ridiculously direct, and like it's one of those things where I bet someone would be like, "Well, that's bad dialogue," and I'm like, "No, this that's the point." Like. He no no like living working class person even someone that like actually worships the the rich would literally say these words. Yeah, nobody. Like you'd you'd have to be so like so like black pilled to have to say this stuff. Like at one point in time, um, oh how does that go? Like he literally he swears fucking fealty to Costco. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Like, like literal fealty. He's like so it's begun. And Cass is like, what's happening? He's like, will you allow me to shop in your stead to find the perfect gift for Archangelo? And he goes, uh, sure. And he's like, then may it be, my liege. I swear my loyalty to you. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's like, it's literal swearing and fealty. I, I yeah. love that. No, <sighs> he, he's not putting on a show. That was the whole point, is that he literally was like, I will find the perfect gift for you. Don't worry. <laughs> you know what, though? That was another great joke. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> was when he's looking for the gift that he goes into the watch store and he's trying to buy a Rolex and he's like, or how about over there? That's the Domino's limited <laughs> Domino's edition Pizza Rolex. Rolex. <laughs> and the guy was like, Domino's made a Rolex? And he's like, yeah, they gave it to all their top selling uh, branch managers. <laughs> top selling branch managers. And he, he starts crying. He's like, what a great store. What a, what a, <laughs> what a, what a generous company. company. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, what, what like uh, what was the exact line? Domino's Pizza Rolex. And, oh and my like, god! I love how the rest of the world also worships the uh, worships the upper class too, because like whenever he's like, "Oh, that's not going to be good enough. It's for Archangelo Corelli." Um, he's like, "Oh, wait, why didn't you say so?" Like, I I will absolutely worship him too. I I keep his memorabilia here. Yeah. And then yeah, whips like, out that why watch. Didn't, why didn't you tell me it was Archangelo? I got the perfect gift. And he shuffles through like 8,000 gifts. He's like, here it is. This is the one I'd give to him. Oh. Oh, my just God. Just so well it's done. So good. Just so well done. It's so, uh, so well done. I think one of <laughs> my favorite. Before, I'll say it again. I so think well my, uh, maybe not my absolute favorite, but one of my favorite moments is that uh, at one point in time, Archangelo is like, I'm going to be your best friend now because like, I don't, you know, we're, Basically, the the leaderboard gets like wiped out. I mean, the leaderboard gets wiped out. It um, it results in like the East Side and West Side boys working together. And because they're working together, he's like, "Well, we're best friends now. There's nothing holding us back." Oh yeah, and, that um, was great. So later Am I on, your homie? He, yeah, say it. 
Um, yeah, later on, they're doing this race, this like Formula One race, and they're going through these like water tubes, right? And the water tubes are not a place where cars should be at all. And then they say that line where he's like, "Listen, I'll do anything for you you need." And he's trying to get your um, help. Yeah, and he's like, "I'll do anything you want, but you gotta call me your homie." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we're yeah." Uh-huh. We're we're good. We're good. And he's like, and he's say, like say, say I'm say your homie. I'm your homie. And he's like, Ugh, yeah, you're my homie. You're homie. And he just immediately wrecks his car so bad. <laughs> he commits like, ruins suicide. The whole race. <laughs> he lives, but everyone else fucking dies. He suicide bombs the fucking race like in an instant. Oh god, it's yeah. so good. I do it for a homie. Uh I, say it. I do say it for I'm a your homie. homie. <laughs> yeah, homie, it was I that was a good so. line. I do it for a homie. See you at the finish line, homie. Instantly wrecks his car. <laughs> wrecks his car into other cars and blows up the water tunnel behind uh, <laughs> behind him so no Although, one else can catch up I the car. I think cars. my second favorite joke is um, at the uh, at the gift exchange, the secret Santa for the yeah. uh, uh, for the most eligible bachelors. I'm pretty sure number uh, they say it, and it's a very brief joke, but it's fucking hilarious. The number six guy on the uh, the most eligible bachelor. Oh yeah, posts about guy, memes. Yeah, yeah, he hosts a website yeah, he... that reposts <laughs> other funny memes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> like he's no it's it's he's no slouch either. He hosts a website well, that posts internet memes. That like, reposts. Memes. It, that's well, it's because they were talking about his dad. Like they were like, oh, his uh, dad owns like a mecha corporation or some crazy thing. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, and he's, he's no, no slouch, slouch either. either. <laughs> his dad is the is the number one world's. Most like ex- richest defense contract. It's a, yeah, it's basically a, it's basically a, his dad is Jeff Bezos, but he's no slouch either. He posts, he reposts internet memes. Wow, <laughs> amazing! Oh god, that's what's so the good. difference? <laughs> it's like oh it, it's the gosh. worst thing you can imagine. <laughs> and I think one of them is played by Jamie Fox. I believe <laughs> that's so good. One of the ones that it talks. is. One of them is. Yeah, I can't remember which one, that's but so it's great. it's him. Oh my gosh! But uh, and that's that's why this show is so good. It takes, it and th- the person that said it doesn't deliver on any of the serious topics, I completely disagree. What I think it completely delivers on the serious topic of you know rich people being terrible and poor people needing to rise up. I, I don't I don't understand and, and it how does it in, you can miss the any of that. Subtle ways and the hilarious ways and the serious ways. Yeah, it covers every. Every single one of the bases. It's it's, for somebody to say, "Well, I don't. I think it just didn't didn't deliver on that." See, that's what really you... frustrating too. That that's that's very frustrating because like there are obviously more things it could have done, but this is probably not the place for all of those things to be done. Like you could make the case that it didn't do a elaborate enough class structure, but it laid out that there is a class structure. It lays out the fact that like the magistocrats are obviously not actually a part of the upper crust despite the fact that you know they functionally are even though they are like that that's part of the joke like the only person who seems to be concerned with whether or not the magistocrats are a part of the upper crust are the magistocrats and the upper crust nobody else gives a shit no and they don't because the magistocrats are so ridiculously wealthy that it doesn't matter yeah like magistocrats and the the normal upper crust are so ridiculous they don't do anything different they all do the same shit but to, like, claim that the show doesn't pay that off is so obnoxious to me. Like, because the fact that it even acknowledges that there are different classes within the upper class is something that, just generally speaking, very few shows do. Yeah. Like, because that's true right now. 
Like, the, granted, I do agree that younger money is now more powerful than older money. But make no mistake, older money still exists. We just went through that fucking craze with um, uh, the Prince of uh, England disowning himself. And, uh, yeah, he's not getting <laughs> any money anymore. He disowned himself? He did. Oh, yeah, he God. kicked himself out of the royal family. He could do like, that? And, <laughs> yes. Like, that he literally great. said he will not inherit the, like, the throne or some shit. <gasps> and, like, oh for the record, I don't care that he's not inheriting Nobody the should care. No, but they do. But, like, that, that is... Th- I'm just saying that, like, that's a real-world thing that does exist where there's old money versus, like, new money. And it's it's frustrating whenever they complain that they are tackling hard problems and then ignore other pieces. That's something most shows don't even talk about at all. And, like, it does that, and it didn't have to do that. And then, in fact, when Pink Christmas, uh, Christmas comes around, it doesn't ignore the fact that they are class traders. It draws attention to the fact that they are class traders and they probably put the boot on a bunch of other people in the proletariat in the process of rising to the top like that's just like politics fucking 101 like it's it's very uh yeah it's it's all in there you just got to be blind not to see it yeah Ooh, other favorite joke so we already mentioned the caprese martini like this this just deserves its own fucking like award uh, because the idea is that uh, Kaz's friends Yeezy and uh, Golub are trying to find <laughs> the, the latest and greatest thing that they're going to do to make money, despite the fact that it's a pretty safe assumption they already have more money than they could ever spend. Yeah. Uh, they they are eating caprese, which for those of you who don't know, is basically just uh, mozzarella, mozzarella tomato, tomatoes, and spinach. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no. basil. I'm sorry. Basil, basil and then also olive oil. But, oh, yeah, that's true, too. So, but so, like, that's a caprese. So the one that was like, oh, what if we made this into a martini? Right off the bat, that sounds fucking disgusting. And, and they do real. it. One, yeah, it is a real thing. But, like, so they start selling caprese martinis, which in and of itself sounds fucking disgusting. But the next and probably my favorite part of this joke is that they open up a store, a tiny, yeah. tiny little corner bar where all they serve are caprese martinis. And there's a point where um, Kaj will frequently go to that bar to hang out with his friends. And I, th- I think at one point they make the joke or they make the reference where Kaz comes in and there's an old guy sitting there. I think it's always specifically the guy who was leaving Babylon number five on his wife's It grave. is. It is always him. It's always him. And they're just like, yeah. get the fuck out, old man. You're stinking up the he place. He shows up a lot. Like, yeah. he shows up in this, this anime a fair amount. Yeah, he does. But, so they kick him out and he leaves and Kaz sits down. And Kaz goes... You know, I, I never thought you guys don't have a lot of room here for customers, do you? And then uh, Yeezy, who's behind the bar, or Yazzy? No, it's it, dude. It's Lexi. Lexi, Lexi. Why do you keep thinking it's Yeezy? I just I just remember Yazzy. the X and the Z. And... <laughs> There's no Z. Well, Lexi. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, Lexi goes. Got oh, uh, we only have. I'm the only person who works here, uh, and there's only two seats. Gottlieb is always here, so we actually only ever have one seat for customers. So whenever yeah, you he... come, Kaz, we have no seats for customers. <laughs> and the best part is immediately after saying that, Kaz tells them there's a party going on in the Hamptons. And then um, uh, Lexi says, oh, the we, shop. We, yeah. we should go. 
And then, and then Kaz goes, well, don't you have to, like, watch the bar? He goes, what the hell is the point of owning my own business if I can't take a vacation anytime I want to? And they both just walk out and close it. So, like, it's it's 100% clear this place makes no money at all. It can't possibly. They only have – they go in there and they drink their own stock for free all day. They only have yep. one seat where a customer could ever be there. And then they'll just quit and leave the store on random days. It's fucking amazing. It's hilarious. There's a uh, there's two moments in uh, Pink Christmas that I just love, which are um after sales clerk Herbert swears literal fealty to the main character. Um, he finds this pocket watch that he's you know that Coscon should be giving to uh, Archangelo, and he presents it to Coscon, and. They're like, okay, well, you know, we'll reimburse your account. And then Charles looks at Coscon, or damn it, Charles looks at Herbert, the sales clerk, and says, how would you like to be paid, Ethereum or Ripple? I fucking love it. <laughs> love it so much. And uh, obviously the response to the sales clerk is, uh, yeah, cashier's check is probably fine, thanks. <laughs> and um, almost immediately after that, there's a, uh, oh, no, 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 actually, it's, it's further along. There's a, uh, they're at the uh, present like the present secret Santa gift giving thing. And one of the bachelors gives another bachelor a new car. And you're like, wow, this like is an amazing car or whatever. But most importantly, there's a thousand shares of Mercedes Benz stock stuck in the window <laughs> and it cuts to the announcers and they deadpan look at the camera and go equity, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's so good. <laughs> like fuck the car. Who it, cares? It's a they, custom he just Mercedes got money. Benz and in the, in the fucking windshield, like a parking ticket, a thousand yep. shares of Mercedes. One thousand shares. <laughs> oh my God. Ah, equity. The gift that keeps on giving. The Domino's oh, pizza Lord. Rolex. Oh, that was my favorite gift, or that was even shown. Was <laughs> That's my Domino's favorite products. products. <laughs> oh my I, gosh, I'd buy that in a One of my favorite jokes that's super subtle is that um, when the sales clerk is opening Macy's, I mean, got Trebes, um or Girth Bows. Yeah. yeah I don't remember, Nixie. man. <laughs> um, there, There's a, a Coco Chanel like window set. It's like sexy nutcrackers. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dumbest looking shit. Like every time they show an expensive store window, it's full of products that you could definitely see in a store window, but they're just oh, they're yeah. just dumb as hell. Oh my god, it's so funny. Uh, in in a Christmas episode when uh, Lexi and Gottlieb are trying to promote, and they're like, "Oh man, we like instead of the Caprese canes, what we started doing was putting our logo on everything and selling it." And then when this whole consumerism riot starts, he's like, uh, "Gottlieb is a streamer considered uh, a a um, a product?" And he goes, "Yeah." And he goes, "Gosh dang it, we just used up all our clout. We got no more clout, man." <laughs> I'm afraid so, Lexi. Damn it, we're out of clout. <laughs> we, this one's really gonna take off. We're using the last of our clout on this streamer gear. <laughs> and he's like covered head to toe in merch. Like he even uh, has a mask on that just has the uh, the Caprese margarita. Yeah. Like you know what? <laughs> and then at the end, they're like, "We we we put the logo on so many things. We just forgot about what it's really about. So we just, which is the logo itself. So people can take pictures in front of our logo." Put it on the cloud. That's where all the genius brands live. <laughs> and Kaz goes, you guys are geniuses. Thanks, man. I really needed they, to hear that. They were making Caprese martinis in a can. And, uh, and again, another <sighs> great joke. Just a one-off thing. Kaz takes a sip of the Caprese martini. It's actually been spiked with After drugs. 
but yeah. he says, "Wow, something tastes a little funny." I think the I think the mozzarella doesn't travel so well. Yeah. They put the mozzarella ball in the can. <laughs> oh my god, it's so it's good! Amazing. It's so good. It's fan freaking tastic, dude. Uh, just what a good show, and uh, that's an example of how an anime can be good. Is oh, this hey. is one way. There are many ways that something can be good. This is just one of them. But by God, is it not like the best example of what it does? So, um, out of curiosity, what are your two guys's least favorite parts about the show? Least favorite? Yeah, because I feel like we like. I'm not saying that we have to be like fair. It's more of just like we, we've done a lot of talking up of the show, but like so the Hellenists. You know, not Helen really? Saint Tessero. Yeah, the, the, he- yeah, the Hellenists weren't that. The Hellenists weren't that fun. No, but the field hockey ball quote from that yes, was hilarious. That was, it's a good episode. Also, uh, fucking yeah. again, how did this not even become a meme? Gregorian House. Oh my yeah, that's god, a <laughs> great I would legitimately listen to Gregorian House. That <laughs> sounds uh, great. I'm a classical music professor, and my boyfriend is a DJ <laughs> that plays Gregorian House. So again, like you can't what, let anybody know. One of the jokes of the show, and the not so like, you would think it's not very subtle, but it's one of the like the the meaning and the message parts of the show, which is that they always re- demons are socialists or communists, or at least anti-capitalists. So every time Kaz has to hunt a demon, what he's actually doing is he's basically doing, like, McCarthyism. He's looking oh, for yeah. people yeah. who are demons, a.k.a. socialists. Wait, and, no, call it what it is. He's just acting as, like, the FBI or the CIA. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Down a the joke socialist, like. is that he'll, he'll go on, like, a demon hunt, and it'll always be he's looking for a person who acts like, like they don't fit into society. And my favorite version of this was it related to the Hellenists, uh, the music teacher of his alma mater uh, is an eccentric man, and and he says there's a yes. demon. There's a demon at his his alma mater high school. He's got to figure out who it is. The first thing he does is just start stalking the the music teacher because he was always a little eccentric. Well, and he wears all you, black. Little did you know, he 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 was going through his drawers and he found an occult symbol. Um, yeah. Which I believe Charles describes as an occult symbol so completely cliched that it is almost the opposite of a cult <laughs> because it's, yeah, it's a pentagram does. like I, I'm pretty sure it's so completely cliched that you'd more likely summon anything other than a demon with it yep. it represents anything but demons but the, uh, he, he puts on like a big fucking like dark monk robe and he runs into the, the seedier like hell's kitchen part of town where poor people are and he goes into this room, and everybody's wearing these these fucking robes and the pendants, and their eyes start chanting in a circle. And Kaz like jumps down from the room, like, "Oh my god, you guys are worshiping demons!" And they're like, "No, no, no, my my boyfriend's the DJ over there. This is Gregorian House." And they all throw <laughs> off their robes and they start they playing Gregorian robes with a fucking rave beat time. to it. I'm like, "Oh <laughs> my god, <laughs> so good, absolutely good." That shit is. I, I like I unironically like heard it and was like, "Well, wow, you know, this is like." And, shit, and like, the best part is, chill. <laughs> is like the 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 music teacher walks up to Kaz like, "Hey, I, I'd appreciate it if you kept this all hush hush. I don't want anyone to know that my boyfriend is a DJ." <laughs> like it's not the fact that he's gay; it's the fact that he's dating a DJ. <laughs> Oh my I, um, god, that's so funny. There's, there's another joke in there where, um, I don't remember which character it is, but some character is like, well, why are you targeting the music teacher? And he's like, well, I, you know, I think he's up to no good. And you're like, no, I think that you just think that he dresses in all black and he, uh, and he's like sketchy. 
or no, it's it, he dresses in all black and he's different. And Kazkan is like, yes, that is exactly the reason why I think yeah. he would be a demon yeah. because he's different. It's, it's so good. Okay. People like who you, don't fit into society are likely to not like society, so they're likely to be opposed to the way the society is structured. AKA, yeah. if you're looking for a socialist, all you have to do is walk in and look at the person who you know doesn't look like they fit in. Yep. <laughs> hey. Uh, what about you, Mike? What's you, you saying? You're sticking oh, with the Oh, yeah, holidays? I kind of agree with that. I don't know that there was there was much else that wasn't, you know, enjoyable. I guess the, the Hellenists also is a funny Soviet joke episode. in and of itself, in the sense that like Hellenists yeah. is an actual religion, and one of the jokes yeah. is that um, uh, after Helena Saint Tessero, who is the fashion blogger, uh, gets the demon ripped out of her Coco Chanel suit, uh, she so becomes good. Hakiko Mori. Which is fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so all the people who worship her fashion blog start start, start uh, acting like Hakiko Mori as well. Yeah. And um, there's actually a reference to it in Pink Christmas where he goes into the fucking department store. And, and the yeah. Helen line is out. And it's just a fucking hospital gown with a diamond encrusted bandage on your head. Yup. It's and it so cost two thousand dollars or something. Yeah, no, it, it, it was. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like. Well, no, it was two thousand dollars just for the just for the for the, the hospital, for the hospital gown. gown. Yeah. And then a little girl jumps money. out of the dressing room like, "Oh my god, I love it!" And then the mom, and, he, and then he says, "Oh, you should really get the diamond encrusted head bandage to complete the look." <laughs> and the mom goes, "You know, this counts for your birthday too." And the little girl just <laughs> the smile drops off her face instantly. Goes. I hate you, mom. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. So like the Hellenists are still around. Oh god, but that like that's as far as the joke goes. I think later on, yeah. because Kaz, like like people are worshiping Helena for being Hakiko Mori, but they don't actually listen to anything she has to say. They're just making a like a capitalist fashion statement out of the fact that she's poor looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, they yeah. try to quite literally sacrifice Kaz to demons uh, because Co- uh, because Helen was uh, possessed once. So now all the Hellenists want to get possessed. You know, but they don't know is, what uh, they're doing. Pro- they're just going to murder him. <laughs> it's it's probably my least favorite part about the show. The the part where um, you know, the capitalists just uh, I don't I don't know what's the word for it. Whenever you take something that isn't yours and you oh yeah appropriate yeah. it. Uh, you know, it's very unrealistic to watch a capitalist appropriate someone's, like, you know, identity and purpose and change it in a way that isn't how they intended it. <coughs> MLK <coughs> not being a socialist. Yeah, I know. It, it, it would be crazy if you sold, like, I don't know, like a Che Guevara t-shirt. Crazy idea. Oh, my God. Crazy idea. The person wearing those is 100% socialist, though. Yeah, so. Definitely. What about uh, you, Ethan? What's your what's your least favorite moment to kind of wrap this up? What do you I got? Was, I wasn't crazy about the Soviet episode, the Soviet race car episode. <laughs> oh it yeah, it just didn't really hit it for me. It's it's got good <laughs> parts because it's got the bit where it turns out Charles is piloted by a person. Yep. <laughs> Wait, no, I thought that happened. Well, no, that's the, no, that's that from the, the pool episode. Is it? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, she. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, there, uh, for the record. All of the episodes I, like, ended up having fun with. It's not like, you know, the Soviet episode I thought was just strictly bad or something. I think yeah, that it I just you. didn't... I don't know. I Like, frankly, I just kind of don't remember it that well. Which, in this show, I feel like that kind of speaks to it. Like, I have a joke list here, because, like, there's just so many wonderful jokes. I, like, wanted to, like, remember them to yeah. talk about them. And the only two that I have in here 
is that the bachelor board gets blown up, and that means that Archangelo walks over and he's like, "You ever squash? I mean, we should squash sometime." <laughs> yeah, they, they got to be best like, friends because they have nothing to compete yeah. over anymore. And that was funny. Like that—that that was a good funny moment. Um, and then uh, the other moment that I thought was decent was uh, the end where I was. Uh, basically the soviet driver gets away and she like escapes and she sells off her clothes to this like old fisherman on the dock in order to not look like she's a soviet and charles for whatever reason starts trying to buy the clothes back off the fisherman because like he'll be left naked if he's not wearing the clothes and when i was watching it the first time i was like why the fuck do they care just let him have the clothes and immediately they answer it and they're like Listen, we don't need the clothes. We just can't have this fucking pervert running around in her clothes all over town. And immediately the dude just starts unzipping himself very slowly. <laughs> the, very, the very end of the episode, he's sitting perfectly naked on the docks fishing. Oh my god, it's so It's funny. like It's actually like pretty good. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Probably the Soviet episode is my, my, uh, my least favorite. Oh, another good joke I just remembered is that the drugs that they end up taking in episode 7... Um, it's a very direct joke, but like instead of MDMA like Molly, it is MDNA because they laced it with the DNA of demons. MDNA. Yeah, and I was like, good. that's actually kind of funny. Like, so. okay, but Ethan, you missed one of the better jokes from the Soviet episode, which is mm. when you find out that champagne has sizes, um, and they're <laughs> sitting there trying to order it. And it's like, oh, what do you want, the Cherubim? He's like, I don't know. Maybe we'll have the the Methuselah. I, uh, what is the other one? Methuselah. That's oh, yeah. one of them. Methuselah, and then it goes all the way up to Nebuchadnezzar. But Lexi goes, what? Champagne has sizes? And Archangelo goes, Lexi, I'm going to pretend I didn't even hear that. <laughs> but to answer your question, yes. <laughs> Champagne has sizes. And each of them is named after a biblical king. <laughs> I love that one. That, that is really good. A Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah, about no that. one's ever ordered that before. And they bring it out. It's like it like needs its own fucking dump truck. Yeah. It's yeah. it's Cherubim, Methuselah, Salmanazar, and then the Nebuchadnezzar, and they bring out the Nebuchadnezzar and drink it. <laughs> when Cass is like, "No, I don't think I can drink," and they order the biggest bottle of champagne they could find. <laughs> Lexi, I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. But to answer your question, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was good. There there are good jokes in there. Again, it's still not a bad episode. Or no, something. yeah, they're all good. But, you know. but I, I think that about sums up how we feel about Neo Yokio and. Everybody, we are capable if you've of watched it once and you weren't sure you liked it, I don't know, maybe we've kind of opened your eyes to maybe what it's actually about. Watch it again. Or if you haven't seen it, go and watch it. You know, It's good. It's very good. And, hey, we are capable of love. See? Yeah, we're capable of doing it, which is why the next time you'll hear us, most likely we're going to be taking a dump on some more anime. So it should be great. Damn right. So you only get love every once in a while. That's uh, It's called tough love. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, and that's it's how like, the real uh, world works. Well, it, it's like whenever... Uh, Aunt Agatha is terrorizing Kazcon and Aunt Angelique is like, stop it, you're fucking abusing him. It's like actually okay. abusive. And then Aunt Agatha says, eh, he loves it. And then there's a long pause where he goes, well, this is kind of awkward. Yeah, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> you said Kazcon, but I heard like Kazcon, like it was a convention just for people dressed up like Kaz. Uh, that would be an interesting thing to go to. Or like a Neo Yokio Con. We're starting it. Kazcon. We're starting it. We're starting it. We're starting it. Kazcon 2021 will be held in uh, Spin Wheel, Indianapolis, Indiana, everybody. We'll Free see you there. Free invites if you're vaccinated, <laughs> you fucking heathens. But uh, we hope you enjoyed this. We'll be doing these every once in a while to show you people what our actual tastes in anime are. And that we like talking about things we enjoy just as much as we like talking about things that we hate to varying degrees. Um 
So I hope you had fun on a positive anime podcast. Pap, I, I remembered it. Pap. Pap. Oh, yeah, Pap. Pap, yeah, we're Pap. smearing right into that one. Yeah, right. And uh, next time you're here, so we'll be back to crappy anime showdown. So thanks for listening, and uh, go watch some Neo Yokio. See you. Keep up!